Hello, welcome to our podcast, uh, Paint the Town Dead. Ooh, I'm one of your hosts, Caitlin. And I'm Andrew. And we're so excited to have you here. Um, we have a passion for crime, um, as well as living in Arkansas. Um, yes, we, we passionately live in Arkansas. <laughs> that got weird. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can edit this part. <laughs> I hope so. Okay. So we uh, we we both live in Arkansas. We uh, have been friends for a long time, and we love true crime, and we like to talk about it, and we hope you like to listen to it. Uh, we we decided we want the first few episodes to kind of focus on Arkansas murders and 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 crimes, disappearances, kidnappings, unsolved stuff, um, and then we can branch out from there. But there's a lot of good stuff in Arkansas that I, we don't really feel has been covered very well, and we would like to share that information with you, and hopefully we can all learn something from it. I I intend to learn a lot. What do you want to learn from it, Andrew? I like about the things you just said you know <laughs> so specific. all the stuff i want to learn the things about the stuff yeah very good what else would i want to want to learn very good indeed uh what, what about me i'm, I'm a very good student yes Andrew is, a, is one might say a career oops i just dropped something a career student but but always learning i retired for several years though so <laughs> Like Michael Jordan, <laughs> and he came back <laughs> and won right. three more straight titles, except what if Michael Jordan uh, led the worst back. team in the league <laughs> and then came back and was mediocre? Oh, my God. Shut up. And I am a cath lab nurse. I I like to tell people I fix broken hearts. Oh, that's so sweet. A bit self-congratulatory. Okay, well, I help save. Okay, I help mend broken hearts. There's a whole team involved here, but, you know. Anyways, so I am not an original Arkansan. Uh, Mr. Mr. Andrew over there is. This is accurate. Uh, I am a original Floridian where all the bad shit happens. It's like uh, America's Australia because all the bad things happen in Australia. <laughs> I don't think that's true, though. That's Okay, the giant bugs, the spiders. We already talked about the platy platypuses, platypi, platy platypi. Or just, guess, or just anyway. platypus, like deer is both singular and plural. Is platypus I don't both know. singular? Is and it plural? important? Well, I just <laughs> these are the things <laughs> I think about. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. So Arkansas, Florida is just America's America's Australia. The criminals are there. All the bad things happen. It's America's wing what <laughs> please edit that out <laughs> uh why please please edit that out but i'll consider it i went from one redneck state to another when i moved to georgia but that's okay i have great memories in both and then when my parents told me we were moving to arkansas i cried <laughs> and that was when i was 11 and i have ended up loving my time here i've been here for like 19 years 19 years so it's home now and she won't stop shutting up about her hometown of Arkansas anyway, so... Yes, but I do love my Arkansas hometown a lot. It's, I think it's the greatest city in the world. And normal people think that's ridiculous. It's an okay city, okay? In the broad scheme of cities, it's a good city. Crime rates are low, which makes this podcast slightly less interesting. But hey, 
all the surrounding areas apparently are hiding some fucked up shit. Your town is mostly okay. That's how I would rate it. Well, that's that's not bad. It's not a bad. It's like a three and a half out of five, right? For you, it's like a C. Some, something like that, I guess. That's average. I give it a six out of five. So here's the thing about that, though. Math. It's a irrational fraction, that's right? That's impossible. Is that what it's called? I don't think that's what irrational it would be called. Irrational number? Irrational would be a different thing. Oh. It's more like that would be... Improper. A, that would be like above 100% or Improper whatever. Improper fraction. So it's like wacky but that bonus points because of things it has like me <laughs> that'd be a detriment if anything that wasn't very nice <laughs> no it wasn't why do you patronize me it's what good friends do <laughs> uh so uh yeah we we just we we like to patronize each other we, oh the dot just heard me she just lit up Uh, we, we, we like to give each other a hard time. That's what she said. And <laughs> also posted a picture to our Instagram and our Twitter today of a mattress I saw for sale at a surrounding town, like a town near me. And it says free queen mattress to good home stained. It was donated to us after a house fire. So I don't know about the stains. Um, somebody definitely died there. That is straight up body decomp or blood. Like something bad happen it is all over that mattress and i just who who thought that was a good idea who decided i'm gonna post this for free on marketplace everybody's like yeah somebody definitely died there <laughs> i don't know that seems like marketplace is uh just a gold mine for just just the worst of humanity i've gotten some stuff from there it's not it's not so bad some people are better than i mean others. you're going there well okay you've got a point <laughs> yeah <laughs> Today, we would like to tell you about a, a very, he's actually the most prolific family annihilator in U.S. history, uh, and he did his killings about about an hour or so west of Little Rock, uh, which is fairly centrally located in Arkansas, um, and he's he's probably the most prolific serial killer you haven't heard of. I mean, there was, I mean, you might have heard of him, but I, I for all the... For all the murder and true crime podcasts I listen to, I don't know if I've ever heard a single episode on him. At least I haven't gotten to it yet, if if there is. No, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people who talk about him at all. Yeah. Um, And we are, of course, talking about Mr. Ronald Gene Simmons Sr. Uh, He went by Gene Sr. or just Gene, typically. Uh, He was a fella that was born, he's from Chicago originally, and was it July 15th, 1940? Um, and, uh, he, he didn't really have a crazy upbringing. His dad died from a stroke when he was three. His mom got remarried a couple of years later to a fellow named, um, William Griffith, Griffith, Griffin, Griffin. Okay. Thank you. Um, he was a member of the U S army Corps of engineer and Gene had, I think three half siblings or step siblings. And he did not like any of them. He didn't get along with any of them. People said he was kind of a surly kid, um, so when he was six years old, after his mom got married to Mr. Griffin, they moved back, to, they moved to Arkansas, they moved to Hector, Arkansas, which is outside of Russellville, outside of Dover, which is where our, our crimes will take place. Uh, and they moved 
after he loved he loved hector hector was his his heaven his his heaven on earth it was his mecca he idolized hector which i'm not really sure why because not to not to poop on anything but <laughs> hector's kind of me yeah just not nothing going on there really yeah, no not at all um but he loved it there so in 1950 when he was 10 when his family had to move to little rock he was very unhappy he hated little rock he hated the people there he wanted to move back to hector he started to like have behavioral problems and he it was he was so bad that his parents sent him to a catholic boarding school i think it was subiaco which is a i don't even know if subiaco is still around though it's a private catholic boarding school in arkansas but um he only lasted a month before he got kicked out because his behavior was just so terrible when he grew up he uh, joined the navy and that was in 1957 uh three years later 1960 he ended up meeting his future wife becky uh, in 1963, he left the Navy to become a banker. Turns out, not good at banking. He flopped out of that. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Real winner right here. That's right. As Caitlin is saying, the military are not good at civilian jobs. <laughs> that is not what I said. Can't believe she would say Shut that. Shut up. That's Caitlin saying this. Shut up. Um, but he he failed at being a banker, which I understand. Uh, <laughs> finance is hard. <laughs> Uh, later, he joined the Air Force because I guess he did want to do the Navy again. But he's like, I gotta go to the military. I don't, I don't know. It's very yeah, strange. what? Why? Yeah. Maybe they didn't want it. Maybe they didn't want him back in the Navy. Maybe I knew a guy who was in the Navy and was talking about going back to the military, but in the Army, he never did that. But hmm. I don't know. Hmm. It's very strange. Uh, anyway, he ended up getting stationed in Vietnam, hmm. which. Uh, I don't know if you know this, not a great place in 1960s. I heard some bad stuff happened there. It was it was a real bad time mm. for so many people. For everybody, really. Yeah. Uh, he ended up being good at special investigations. He even got some awards for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, later, he would be stationed in San Francisco. Ooh. That's in uh, California. Oh, what's the capital of California? It's Sacramento. Mm-hmm. See? You're the only person who doesn't know that. I don't know capitals very well. It's, we, very, we, it's very embarrassing. I have to, he, we quiz each other on it. Of course, Andrew always gets them right and I do not. It's mostly just me quizzing Caitlin because I know all of them already. Yeah. So, and I know none of them. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's very sad. Sacramento. Cool. Um, but yeah, he hated San Francisco. Again, another crowded city. And I, I just don't think he liked people at all. And the hippies were And there. it was the hippies. And he probably was like, yuck. Look <laughs> at them. They're all a bunch of degenerates doing drugs and they love each, each other. other i hate everything yeah basically. and i mean the thing is he would end up becoming a gross weird looking person later on he so. totally looked like a hippie later and yeah. we'll post pictures on instagram and and facebook and and twitter uh whenever we get this uploaded yeah uh 1973 is when he was transferred to england and that is also where he began to beat his wife becky oh nice yeah i I guess he got outside the U.S. and he's like, laws don't count anymore. <laughs> or he's like, ah, England, I love rainy weather. <laughs> this looks like a good time to beat my wife. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Bad, don't do that. He would be argumentative, sarcastic, uh, belittling. He was very controlling. Mm. Um, that'll, you know, mm-hmm. come into play later. Mm-hmm. The house they lived at uh, never had a telephone. and None of them. None of the houses. None of them, did. yeah. It's going to be strange Mm -hmm. i guess you know modern day millennials and gen z types they never answer their phone anyway it's all text so 
we're on the way to all being Ronald Gene Simmons. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> no. the worst, the worst fate for society no. yet. Oh, oh my God. Okay, but uh, 1976 is when they would move to Cloudcroft, New Mexico. He'd start working for the Space and Missile Systems Organization. Um, moved into a home that was far too expensive for them. Surprise. Yeah. Uh, He's full of good decisions. Yeah, he is. He is the he is the guy you want to if you want advice on life. Hot. And uh, yeah, he ended up retiring from the military in 1979, but they stayed in Cloudcroft, New Mexico, mm. which probably not a big town if I were yeah. to guess, just because I've never heard of it. I haven't either, yeah. and I've been to New Mexico twice. Name a city in New Mexico. Uh, Albuquerque. Name the capital of New Mexico. It's a different one. It's not Albuquerque. No. Flagstaff's in Arizona. Yes. Oh, give me a clue. Um, the guy who brings you presents on Christmas. Santa? That's that's the first word. Oh, Santa Ana? No. Santa Cruz? No. Santa Ana was like a Mexican general during the Texas <laughs> Revolution. <laughs> so she, I'm really good at geography. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, Santa Fe. Oh, duh. Yeah. Duh. But. So, okay. anyway. anyway, well, after Cloudcroft, so while he was there, he and Becky had a total of seven children together. Too many. Uh, seven too many. Yeah. And listen, this is like the level of douchery that he had. So their youngest daughter, Rebecca Lynn, Becky had a lot of complications with her, um, with the birth with Becky, uh, with Rebecca Lynn. And she was told by her physician, you should not have any more children. You could die like if you have any more kids. And so she told that to Jean and said she wanted to get a uh, tubal ligation. And Jean just flew off the handle. He got super upset with her. And like, she had to beg him to have a sterilization procedure. Cause she did not like, he did not care about her life. He said, he said, I don't remember what the exact quote was, but it was something along the lines of, um, it, like what is a man without being fertile or being able to procreate or something along those lines. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, that's how you level, that's how you justify your level of manhood? Like, anyway, so he was just a t terrible, terrible person all the way around. So because Becky wanted to have a sterilization procedure, he, his appeal, her, her appeal to him kind of diminished. And in that place, he started to become obsessed with his oldest daughter, 16-year-old daughter, Sheila. And he would, like, lavish, like, lavish her with gifts and presents. And he called her Little Princess and Ladybug, which in and of itself, we talked about that. That's not a weird thing to do. No, but it was probably like, hello, Little Princess. Exactly. Like, when you use it in a creepy manner, it's not okay. Hey, Ladybug. Okay, that's enough. See, it would, yeah, it would I don't be like weird. It. Yeah, you're <laughs> making me feel weird. <laughs> Oh my God, you're making me feel weird. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, so he would call her like late, um, little princess and ladybug. And I mean, he was absolutely just totally grooming her. So to continue the grooming in the summer of 1980, he took a, a trip to California and it was just he and Sheila. And that is when he began raping her and just turned into a total monster. So a year later in 1981, it was the day of Sheila's prom actually, Gene uh, told Becky and his two oldest sons that Sheila was pregnant with his child. And when he told them, he was, quote, jubilant. And that is so messed up. Like, yeah. I, I, and and he was just so controlling and, and terrifying that his, like, 
Becky didn't say anything or do anything about it. However, Gene Jr. <laughs> told a social worker in New Mexico and uh, Gene Sr. got wind of it and was like, deuces, I'm out. And so that's when they, that's how they got to Arkansas. They moved from New Mexico to Ward, Arkansas, which is not terribly far from where they make their final home. And so they moved to Ward and uh, it's not far from from where they make their final home in, in Dover. Um, what Dover's about, about 10 miles from Hector because he wa- always wanted to go back to Hector. That was his goal. He loved Hector. Hector, it was his just just his his heaven. So uh, they he started working at the VA hospital in Little Rock and then started to do recruiting after that. And then, and all during that time, he was continually raping Sheila. She was still at home and he continued to rape her. And in 1983, she became pregnant again with his child. Um, she had already given birth to their first child, incestuous child together, his Jean's daughter slash granddaughter, and her name was Sylvia. And in 1983, Sheila became pregnant again. And Jean was not okay with abortion in any way, shape, or form. He was adamantly against it. Oh, oh that's crazy. Um <laughs> So what you're saying is he had another daughter, granddaughter. Uh, no, oh, so weird. close. Oh, no, weird. in fact, he took Sheila to get an abortion. Oh, strange how his uh, principles just went out the window so quickly. It's almost like he didn't want to get caught with uh, <laughs> doing some bad shit again. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, I mean, hey, we just got here. So let me just continue to rape my daughter because that's great. Also, New Mexico. Pick up a phone. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I've, I listened to this recently. Um, it was an old episode of uh, uh, My Favorite Murder. Sorry, I blanked. It was an older episode of My Favorite Murder, and they were talking about how, like, um, communication between states and stuff, like, has because of all the bad stuff, you just hear story after story in the past of how people, the ball was dropped between uh, police precincts and districts and states and, and, and you know, and nationally and stuff. And how it is significantly improved and how there's more national data, national databases and better communication across police precincts across the country, which is so important. Yeah, because there's a lot of cases such as this one where uh, people just slip through the cracks like ball was dropped. You know, if somebody from New Mexico and maybe they didn't know where they went, it was probably harder to figure out back then. I don't know. But if, you know, somebody from New Mexico doing child care work was like. Hey, Arkansas, you need to look at these people. Um, this is all the information we have. You need to go check that out. Yeah. But, and it, I feel like that's follow, it's easier to track you now, which is both good and bad, <laughs> as we will find out in next week's episode. But yeah. uh, it, 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 it allowed Jean to escape. And, and unfortunately, Sheila and the other family members fell through the cracks. But, he did uh, make Sheila get an abortion after she got pregnant again with his child. Uh, but things started to look up for Sheila because in 1983, she met Dennis McNulty, which was ended up being her future. She didn't know it, but it was her future husband. Uh, they met at business school in Little Rock. Um, and also in that time, Gene, like I said, he wanted to get back to Hector and he had to settle for Ward. And all through that time, he kept looking for property to come open in Hector and it didn't, so he settled for Dover, which, like I said, is about 10 miles or so away from Hector. Um, so he want, he set up, like, this, like, compound, and it was, he had a trailer-type thing, and he called his compound Mockingbird, Mockingbird Hill, excuse me, and he named the lane, the road going up to it, 
Little Princess Lane. Gross. I know. How messed up is that? Gross. It's just so I, gross. Yeah. It, I mean, it shows how obsessed he was with her, though. Still, yeah. yeah. And she's like an he, adult at this and point. He continues to be obsessed with her, as we'll see. Yes. When things definitely are going to get better. Mm-hmm. Are they? Are they? Uh, Maybe. Spoilers, I looked ahead. No, they don't get better <laughs> at all. So... Everybody still lived at no no no. I think the the oldest had already moved away, but most of them still lived with Jean and Becky, uh, the kids that is. Um, they had no phone, no plumbing, and they're just surrounded by this large makeshift fence and this trailer that they just kind of kept adding onto. It was just a real shithole. I feel like I've seen a lot of these places on the side of the road. If you drive through like North Central Arkansas. Or near, South Arkansas. Or South Arkansas. I feel or like Northeast North, Arkansas. I feel like North Arkansas is more built for this because it's also got the hills and mm-hmm. the mountains and you're more likely to have a bunch of weird guys who have like Beach. confederate flags uh, flying yeah. and all that stuff yes. and they'll have like confederate flags a bunch of abandoned cars and like a trailer and like a weird fence and all kinds of stuff like that that's a very north arkansas thing to me keep keep out private property yeah they're like very much like i don't want no government coming up in here nope. <laughs> that sort of thing no solicitors yeah yes agreed so um that in December 1984, Sheila and Dennis get married. So that's a year later after they moved to Mockingbird Hill. Sheila and Dennis get married. And this is when Gene kind of starts to spiral. He feels betrayed by his little princess. And I mean, his ladybug. Gross. And and this is like, he, he thought that they loved each other. And it, it, that's such a, not the pro, not the right word for this, but you know what I mean. He was obsessed, I guess is probably Very, the best word. In a creepy, super messed up way. And when she got married, he said to her, quote, he would see her in hell, which is a great thing to tell your daughter. When it's she a very married. normal thing to say to your daughter when they get married yeah. and you're totally cool with it. That's what my dad said to me. Yeah, he, was, he walked me down the aisle and he <laughs> said, I'll see you in hell to my ex-husband. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Got it. Got him. <laughs> so after uh, he had lost control of Sheila, Gene decided he uh, he needed a new target. So mm-hmm. he went after the younger daughter, the second oldest, mm-hmm. Loretta. Yeah, Loretta was a bit more independent, outgoing, outspoken. Mm-hmm. She uh, she was not as easy to get to, and Gene was actually not able to begin raping her. Um, Good job, Loretta. Yeah, and I suspect, you know, she saw what happened with Sheila, Mm -hmm. so she was definitely... More prepared. Yeah, Yeah. she knew it was coming. Yeah. Or at least had a plan of action if it was coming. Probably. And I'm sure Sheila even told her, like, don't let this happen. Yeah. Stuff like that. And she was... So when this happened, she was around 14 or 15 when Jean started to, like, come after her. Loretta, that is. So around the same age as Sheila was when he started raping her, but... Yeah. And so this is... 1985, he is working two jobs just to make ends meet. He is working there both in Russellville. Which isn't far. That's just, it's the biggest city outside of Dover. It's maybe another 10 miles, another direction or so. He is working at the Sinclair Mini Mart and Woodline Motor Freight. His boss at uh, Woodline was a female, which he was not okay with. Her name was Joyce Butts. Mm -hmm. And she uh, criticized him, put him on notice uh, reprimanded him multiple times. Not surprising. And, uh, yeah, he de- he doesn't seem like a good worker. No. And he seems like he'd cause trouble. For instance, 
he tried to establish a relationship with a woman named Kathy Kendrick, who worked at Woodline Motor Freight. Uh, he was reprimanded for this. He would not let up. He would just keep coming after her, trying to start a relationship with her. She was like, you're gross. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah. She and she reported she reported him to Joyce. Yes. Yeah. And so he would get reprimanded and get in trouble for that. And eventually he just he uh, quit because he would not give up yeah. trying to pursue her. Mm-hmm. Um, and after he quit the job is when he, this is when he becomes paunchy and unkempt, uh, fleshy yeah, is the term they yeah, use. Yeah. In one of the articles we read, they described him as fleshy, fleshy, which is gross. I don't, yeah, that's, it's a bothersome <laughs> term to me. I love it. But, uh, he, he grew his beard out and he grows it out to be a gross weirdo and he started drinking a lot more. Uh, one of his daughters in school would call him a drunken bum to classmates. Loretta. That was Loretta. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then uh, his wife, Becky, <laughs> called him fatso. <laughs> Which he probably deserved. Yeah, he deserved more than that, honestly. Yeah. yeah. He deserved a lot more than what mm. he would get from mm-hmm. them and what mm-hmm. he got from the state. Mm-hmm. Um, so as his confidence kind of like spiraled, Becky started to grow. Like, with the encouragement of, I know it was her sister, and then the oldest kids was, like, Sheila, Jean Jr., and Billy. She kind of decided, like, I th- she was going to leave them, which, good job, Becky. Which is a hard, honestly, this is a, that is a hard cycle to get out of. If When you're in the cycle of abuse, the fact that she was, like, made that decision that it wasn't right, it wasn't okay, and, and decided to end it, that was a very strong thing to do. Yeah, and I think the uh, it's like how it says his as his confidence d- diminished, right. her confidence grew. Yes. I think th- I think it helped her to see how flawed he was. Yes, see some chinks in the armor. Mm-hmm. Like it's like oh well, you know, which he did not like. No, because he again very controlling, losing control. Yes, he's spiral. he starts to lose control, then he starts to spiral. Mm-hmm. His whole world, his whole his version of the world is collapsing. Mm-hmm. So she said in a letter that she wrote to Gene Jr., she said to him, quote, I don't want to live the rest of my life with dad. I am a prisoner here and the kids, too. Every time I think of freedom, I want out as soon as possible, which is incredible. But uh, Gene started to kind of get wind of this scenario of, of her of her idea of leaving and, and the and the kids encouragement her sister's encouragement of her leaving and that was spiraled him even farther down yeah it's at this time that uh they all decided they were going to meet at christmas essentially a sort of power in numbers situation mm-hmm. intervention type thing. yeah yeah and when gene senior finds this out this is in october mm-hmm. he decides he's going to go through well, he found out before that somehow because he'd been thinking about it for a while. Well, he'd o- been thinking about it for a while, but I mean, he he finds out that they're going to do Christmas at the house. Oh, yeah, with yes, everybody. yes, in October. Yeah, yeah. and then and he so, was like, hmm. but yeah, he'd been planning this all for months. Mm-hmm. What is this? We'll get to it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's but awful. yeah, it and it's important that we point out that he was planning this for months, mm-hmm. and then in October he decides to go through with it. Also, also. A few months before it's going to happen mm-hmm. around Christmas. Yeah. And it's important to know that because the way the crime unfolds without this context, it just sounds like somebody lost their mind. Which when we first read it, we were like, 
what happened? He just yeah. had a total snap. Nope, it was premeditated. This is very premeditated. He planned this out well in advance. Very much so. So, December 18th, he quits his job at the Mini Mart. And December 22nd, this is when, uh, this is kind of the D Day. Mm-hmm. This is when it's going to happen. December 22nd, 1987, his youngest children, Loretta, Eddie, Marianne, and Rebecca Lynn, all go off to school. And so then Becky and Jean Jr. and Jean Jr.'s daughter, Barbara, infant daughter, three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. They're, they're still in the house. They're still asleep. So Jean Sr. goes to Walmart to get presents? No, it wasn't. It was a present for himself. A super messed up. Oh present. no, I see I see it here. It says a twenty two revolver. <laughs> twenty two revolver. Very that's, close. Very close. That's uh you know And we know gun laws are very, very strict, so it was very, very difficult for him to purchase this revolver. No, it I'm, wasn't a revolver, it was just a pistol. Okay. And we all know gun laws are incredibly strict, and so it was very, very difficult for him to buy this pistol. Well, especially in the eighties and also <laughs> Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. It's like basically somebody's standing at the corner to give you your free Arkansas pistol with a rebel flag on it. Whenever you're ready go get it it's kind of like um there's some town in southern arkansas i drove through once that was just like buy a ring and you get a free shotgun or something oh my god (laughs) that's not surprising yeah Mm. you know welcome to arkansas anyway um so gets a new gun uh comes back home plugs in the christmas tree turns on the tv and he then goes with a crowbar in one hand and the pistol in the other goes to Jean's room and yeah he went to Jean's room and this is when everything turned to shit so he grabs the crowbar he's got the pistol goes to Jean's room starts whacking him over the shoulders with the crowbar and Jean Jean Jr. shoots out of bed and goes uh, and starts to try to defend himself so then Jean Sr. is still attacking him grabs the pistol he had the pistol he shoots him once in the head no once in the chest and four times in the head and face and effectively ending his life. Uh, Becky woke woke up because she heard the shots. And so she kind of went to check to see what was going on. Jean Sr. caught her, shot her, uh, beat her with a crowbar and shot her as well. Then he went over to Barbara, who was still sleeping in her bed, three-year-old Barbara, Jean Jr.'s daughter, <clears throat> and he then strangled her to death. So... Um, Side note here, days before he enacted this horrendous plan, he had the youngest kids build a, uh, dig a pit in the backyard because they didn't have plumbing and he said it was for a latrine and they didn't think anything of it, I'm sure. It's basically like every stereotype you've ever heard of an Arkansas person. <laughs> he wore it's, overalls it's too. It's happening right there. Yes, very much. God, yes, yes. Like everything about him is like, gross stereotypical Arkansas like you would think he was like making moonshine too I mean surely he was right he might have been maybe I don't it never comes up but I you know we didn't have the internet back then it was probably harder (laughs) to look up how to make moonshine (laughs) it's something when you're born in Arkansas it's something you're innately born with though right it'd probably be easier with plumbing because you need some water probably I don't know but and he didn't get it from the river and and remember no plumbing and no phone just they had the to gross, dig their own weird house latrines like their own pits for going yeah potty. He's, he's like this gross mountain man it, it's so Messed it's so up. stereotypical yes. arkansas it's painful and, but it's gonna get worse than just being stereotypical arkansas such as has already started yes so 
he they, the kids dug the that quote unquote latrine a few days before all this happened so the youngest kids loretta eddie marion and rebecca lynn come back from school and they're not really sure how he got them all separated long enough to com- to do the next part of his killing spree but he told each of them he had presents for them brought them outside one by one systematically strangled all of them while holding them under their heads underwater in a rain barrel so he did that to all four of them um and that effectively ended his the family that was living with him gene jr and barbara did live separately but they were there to visit for christmas like they said they were going to do right um but gene jr's wife was still at home I, i i i read why she didn't come but i don't remember why so she I mean, God, that's terrible. God, lucky, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, so that ended all the family that lived with them. So, uh, that was December twenty second. So four days, four days go by. So, uh, on December twenty sixth, uh, this is nineteen eighty seven. So, the second oldest son, Billy, and his wife Renata, and their twenty month old son Trey show up to the house like they had all planned. Gene grabs his gun, shoots Billy and Renata, and then strangles Trey. Um, and later on in the day, Sheila Dennis, um, Michael, and Sylvia all show up. Sylvia is the incestuous daughter, by the way. She's six years old, and Michael is 21 months old. So Sheila and Dennis come in, he shoots them, then he grabs Michael and Sylvia and strangles them. His last victim of that day, of his family, was 21 month old grandson Michael like that that's so messed up and Michael was Dennis and Sheila's child together he was not an incestuous child but I mean six three I mean it's just it's just disgusting and and you notice a pattern also with the fact that he's shooting the adults and strangling the children which which... strangling is like much more an intimate crime like I mean yeah it's because it, what'd you say? It takes two minutes or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it takes like around two minutes to like lose consciousness or like stop breathing or something like yeah, that. Yeah, two minutes is a long time to be doing something like that. Like I, I've i had to do, I tried to do a plank <laughs> and the thing said to do it for a minute. <laughs> and that was unbelievably difficult for somebody who's out of shape like me. You're like, a minute? Yeah, that yeah, won't be anything. Like, it's like, what, what's even a minute? That's nothing. Yeah. Turns out it's a long time if you're doing something. So two minutes is going to be that much more difficult. And you know, they're other than like, you know, the 21 month old kids, they're all going to be fighting back. Like yeah. I imagine Loretta, especially because yeah. she was one of the oldest. Yeah, she was, she was the oldest. 17. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think that also shows a level of him trying to regain control even with the strangling. Yeah. Over is like the, yeah. Yeah. This was all about control. All this was like a hundred percent about control. Without a doubt, it had to have been. I, I mean, that seems like the main thing because he was about to lose. He lost control of Sheila. Mm-hmm. He was about to lose control of Becky, and would also lose the four younger kids as well. Yes, and so and Gene Junior and Billy were already moved out, as was Sheila. Yeah. So the three oldest were out, four youngest were still there, and he was just losing control of all of it. And his poor like in laws, like his daughter in law and his son in law, like, <laughs> what did they do? <laughs> I mean, what did any of them do? Period. Exactly. None of um, none of, none of them deserved this. No. So, his last victim of his family was twenty-one month old grandson Michael. So he dumped the s- first seven that he killed 
he dumped in the backyard in the pit that they dug. He left the other five in the house. Is that right? Yes. He left the other five in the house, um, except for he put his two grandsons, Michael and Trey, somewhere else, which we'll get to. So seven in the, in the pit, five in the house, two others elsewhere, which accounts for 14 total, all family members annihilated. And he, he soaked, he soaked the the ones that he buried. He soaked them in kerosene because he thought it would prevent them from smelling and attracting animals, which I don't know, maybe it does, but I don't know. Um, But after he, 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 the ones in the house, he covered up with coats, except for Sheila, who he kind of like laid out separately and like got their finest tablecloth and draped over her like some kind of death shroud or something. And Barbara, he left strangled in her bed. I'm not sure. I think he separated Sylvia too, uh, his incestuous daughter, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not certain. I don't recall. So after he, to 26, after he just did his deed, he went to the bar for a drink, came home, watched TV, surrounded by his dead family members and just continued drinking beer. And he spent, he had to have spent a total of six days with his family members because his his spree started on the 22nd and it ended on the 28th which we're about to talk about the rampage of gene simmons and so december 28th this is two days after he finished his murders at home and it was a monday because i remember it saying like he did the his he finished up family killings over the weekend and had to wait till monday to do this next part yeah that makes sense so yeah so he's you know, he was just sitting in the house, probably watching TV, drinking beer, surrounded by you know, those dead bodies of his family. Of his family, yeah. And so that the morning of December 28th, he drives to Russellville. And first thing he does is he goes to the Peel and Eddie Law Firm. And here is where Kathy Kendrick is working as a secretary now. Mm-hmm. The woman that he had pursued before when he was working his job at Woodline. And she's 24 at this time, which means she was, what, 21 when he was hitting on her before? Uh, close Something to like it, that. Yeah. yeah, which is it's Either way, gross. it's still super early gross. 20s. Yeah. And he's a gross super old gross mountain man. <laughs> and well, for, he goes in there and he shoots her four times in the head and she would die a few hours later. God. Right after that, he goes to Taylor Oil Company, which is a place he also had previously worked at. Mm-hmm. There, he shoots Rusty Taylor twice in the chest, and he would live. And he also shoots J.D. Chaffin once in the eye, killing him immediately. Jeez. And he had no vendetta against J.D. Chaffin either. No, it didn't seem like it. It seemed like he was after Rusty Taylor. And then J.D. Chaffin just happened to be in, uh, in the wrong place at the wrong Essentially, time. Essentially, yeah. After that, um, the police are notified of what's going on. But in that time... Gene has left. He's off to his next target. He's going to the Sinclair Mini Mart where he had previously worked. Where he goes in and he shoots the manager, David Salyer. Mm-hmm. Or rather, he tried to shoot him mm-hmm. to start with. He missed. Oh. Then Roberta Woolery, who was a cashier, she reached for the phone to try and call the police. But Gene shot her in the face and the shoulder. But she would survive. And after that, uh, Salyer grabbed a chair, threw it at Gene. But... Then Gene shot Salyer in the head, but Salyer would also survive. So that's one, two, three people that have survived his shooting so far. Yeah, because I guess the twenty-two is not very powerful. I right, don't guess. No. I don't know about guns. 
That's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's fine. It's not the worst thing. It's fine. Um. Anyway, yeah, this, this the the my favorite part of this story. Well, I'll let you, I'll let you tell this because you love it so I much. I do. I do. I well, love it too, but I think you love it more. I do love it. It's it's not it's not okay to say it's the favorite part of this my favorite part of the story is kind of a messed up thing to say because none of this is good however you, you got to find the bright spots sometimes. this is a bright spot this guy is an unsung hero this it is an un- unidentified man in the store he started grabbing cans of food and and soft drink cans of soft drink and started hurling them at gene and that that is what made gene flee the scene and i was just like like will the real slim shady please stand up like who is this man <laughs> he, he I mean, doing that, he probably he saved. I would say at least one person, which would be Salier. I think that was his yeah. main target. Yeah, potentially saved mm-hmm. uh, Woolery. Yeah, the cashier. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was after her really. I think he just shot her because she was going for the phone. Right. But you know, maybe if that guy's not there, he can follow up and put in more bullets on Salier as he had done to JD his and, other victims. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, after um, that. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> the guy threw some cans at him, got him out of there. <laughs> Which those cans would those hurt. Would fucking yeah, hurt. especially hitching the head. Oof. And it's like when I go to a, I go to a soccer game up in Kansas City. I bought mm-hmm. a big giant beer. First thing I did was open the can, so, you so it becomes it less. You know, yeah, it's not as much of a weapon. And you know, I was going to drink it anyway. It's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so anyway, after the Sinclair Mini Mart shooting, he goes to, back to Woodline. Mm-hmm which is where Joyce work. Butts yeah. worked. And remember, Joyce Butts was his former boss who gave him a lot of guff because he was probably an awful employee. Well, he was definitely an awful mm-hmm. employee because he was trying to pursue a young lady and being real gross yeah. and weird about it and wouldn't let up. Mm. So just knowing that, he was a bad employee no matter what else he did, <laughs> let me just say. So he gets there. He shoots Joyce Butts in the head and chest. Uh, Jean thinks mm. she's dead. But she would actually, uh, she would live. She would not really recover from those injuries. Some like brain damage. Yeah. Yeah. But after that, he was done. That was, wow. that was it. He goes up to the secretary at Woodline, Vicky, uh, Vicky Jackson, tells her he's done. He says, quote, I just wanted to kill Joyce. Just Joyce. I didn't want to hurt anybody else. I've gotten everybody who wanted to hurt me. Wow. That was 45 minutes on December 28th. It only lasted 45 minutes? Yeah. Wow. That's... I can't believe... I mean, let's see. So that was one... Six more victims that he had that day. And two of them died. Other four survived. Were injured, but survived. Yes. Holy cow. And so I guess he was... he His targets, he was going after... Joyce, Salyer. He was going after four people, essentially. He would have been going after... Yeah, he'd been going after Taylor, uh, Kendrick, Butts, and Salyer. Mm-hmm. So those were the four he was trying to kill. And, and Kathy passed away, and J.D. Chaffin passed away. Yes, and J- and J.D. Chaffin wasn't even one of these original targets. Mm-hmm. And so he did all of that in 45 minutes. He went to four different locations and shot them up in that time frame. Jesus. And he was just done. He didn't fight when the police came. He was just surrendered peacefully. He didn't do the normal... Uh, I didn't mass shooter thing yeah, of yeah. where they just like kill themselves a lot of times yeah and we actually we'll talk about this in a minute but andrew and i actually wondered about like why didn't he just shoot himself or you know they call it uh suicide by police yeah which is when they like they're not going to like hurt a police but they pull a gun so a police officer will shoot at them and kill them and 
that one's even more surprising that they didn't do that one. I agree. But we'll talk about why he didn't in a little bit. But even after he was caught, like he was he was very calm. He just chatted with Vicky while he waited for the police to show up. And when he when the police showed up, he like took like silence. He did not talk about anything. However, they have been trying to get a hold of his family to be like, oh, my God, your dad, your husband is going absolutely crazy. He's just murdering a bunch of people. But they couldn't get a hold of the family. And so they... Were they out to dinner? Yeah, um, They may have been. Or, or wait, lunch. we already said what happened. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Spoilers from the past. Spoiler. But you should have already heard it. So, anyway. Uh, That's why it was from the past. Yes. Because... Not, it already not the past as in 1987. The past is in a few minutes ago when we said <laughs> everything that happened. That's right. So, the, so, da, 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 da. so Sheriff James Bolin, he asked him, where's your family? What's going on with your family? And he noticed that Gene's face, like his lips started to quiver and his eyes got watery. And he said, quote, that crazy son of a bitch may have killed his whole family up there. And then the whole police force just flies up there. And what they found was a grisly fucking scene. They found the five bodies in the house and they were like, well, there's still nine people missing. And so they, they live on 14 acres, by the way. So they start searching the 14 acres and they saw an area that was covered in like tin and barbed wire. And they're like with fresh, freshly disturbed ground. They're like, "Mm, this is kind of a red flag. So they start to dig it up and in there they find Loretta, Eddie, Marianne, Rebecca Lynn, Becky, Jean Jr., and three-year-old Barbara. Um, So they accounted for all of them except two, and that was the two youngest grandsons. And so they continued to search the property, and they came upon two abandoned cars that had been there for a long time. They had to use crowbars to pop open the trunk on each of them, and in each separate car they found one of each of the little boys, Trey and Michael, um, they were both wet, soaking wet, and they were both in garbage bags. Um, and it was just absolutely, I'm sure, ter- just a terrible thing to witness for those police officers. How can you, like, scrub that from, there's no way you can scrub that from your mind. Speaking from, like, a nursing experience, there are things, images, sounds, and smells that are very graphic and that you, in any other profession, you won't see a human do. Or, or, or whatever and 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 it's 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 pretty messed up so i can't imagine those yeah even for police i think this is oh yes and i mean this is also a small town arkansas so this is not nor that's probably more than the amount of victims they would have seen in that entire area Over throughout a whole years. year yeah at least yeah. yeah so it was just i'm sure incredibly difficult especially with the the little ones and anyway, so they, um, little, little creepy factoid here, uh, the McNulty family, which is Sheila's in-laws, when they were cleaning out Sheila and Dennis's house and their belongings, they found 20 90-minute audio tapes that Jean had sent to Sheila. Like, super obsessive. That's what a creepy person does. Red flags. If there weren't any before, <laughs> yeah, I mean. like, I mean, come on. And one of them that was, it, this is just so creepy to me. One of the tapes, it was just, uh, the song you, you were always on my mind by Willie Nelson. And it, and it was just playing with Jean audibly sobbing in the background, which is just all levels of fucking weird man. So that is the end of his spree. And then his trials began really not, 
not long after that, surprisingly. I mean, because, you know, the justice system take, can take years. Yeah. So surprisingly, not terribly long after these murders. I think some cases like this will often get accelerated. Yeah, through. yeah. I mean, because this is just... Especially when it's this... Magnitude. Uh, this magnitude, and it's so obvious. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no question yeah, no. of what happened. No. And this was... So he had a total of 16 murder victims and 20 victims in total. So, which is an insane amount of people and for all of it to happen within six days like is absolutely insane and so the first trials were for jd chaffin and kathy kendrick the two uh, people that died that were not related to him um before he stood trial he was secretly transferred to the state hospital the mental hospital little rock and like the, the deputy sheriff, Billy Baker, had said, quote, we had death threats. He wouldn't get there. Like, people were out for blood on him. They wanted to make him pay. But he stood test for competency, and he was he was said to be competent to stand trial. And his lawyer, though, wanted him to plead insanity. But he said, no, I, I, I don't want to. I want the death penalty. He, he requested the death penalty. He said, I don't I don't want to fight this. So uh, on May 12th, 1988, he received the death penalty, which was, so the murders happened the end of 1987, and five months later, he got the death penalty, which is a crazy turnaround. I mean, good job, justice system. And he said, quote, this is, he, he, he made a speech, wrote a letter in court or whatever, said, quote, I want no action that will delay, deny, defer, or denounce this very correct and proper death sentence. I only ask for what I deserve, which is probably the best thing that Gene Simmons ever said. Yeah, and uh, we'll see. He doesn't get his wish totally on that first uh, that first trial. But spoiler alert, yeah. it's still an okay it's ending. It's a tease. Yeah, it's still an okay ending. So um, that was on May 12th, 88. So February, and that was his first of two trials. So February 10th, 1989, he began the trial for the 14 counts of capital murder against his family. Um, so prosecu- and that was so that's about it. About nine months later is less than a year later. He said the trial again. So prosecuting attorney John Bynum offered possible motive uh, for because no, he didn't. He never said why he did this. But we can kind of infer. But prosecuting attorney John Bynum offered possible motive uh, for Gene's actions when he presented a note found in a Russellville safe deposit box and it seeming to indicate a very strong love-hate relationship between Gene and Sheila. And Gene was not okay with John sharing that information. So Gene lashed out at Bynum, punching him in the face and tried to grab a deputy's handgun. They detained Gene. Uh, he was escorted from the court and less than a month later, or about a month later, March 16th, he received his second death penalty for the murders of his family. Um, so he went to prison. He was still in prison. He was on death row for the first one. And in prison, he was receiving (laughs) threats from the other inmates because he, he wasn't, he didn't want any of his appeals. He didn't, he didn't fight his sentences at all. He said, this is what I want. Yeah. And like the other prisoners basically saw that as, uh, potentially hurtful for their own Mm -hmm. trials and appeals and all that. Yeah. Like if, if somebody else is there going, no, this is cool. Like, <laughs> no, it, it's not. No, no, man. What are you doing, you stupid, You're gross it. mountain man? 
Did he keep his beard? Did he keep his beard in prison? Probably. I mean, I think may as well. I mean, you're already gross and messed up anyways. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I, he doesn't seem like the type who would care. Uh, that's true. At that point, especially. Yeah, yeah, he just wanted to die. Living in prison. Uh, he seems like he would have liked it if uh, they're always throwing him in solitary, you know, because he hated people so <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah. He's probably pretty... Gets his own little cell. Didn't yeah. have to talk to many people. Um, and he didn't talk to many people because... No, he didn't he... talk to but one person. As far as interviews go. Yes. Yeah. Like, he did not do interviews. He didn't talk about stuff. He didn't string people along like some people like to do. Uh, basically just wasn't willing to talk to the media. Mm-mm. Except... He reached out to an anchor at KTHV in Little Rock named Ann Jansen. Um, the reason he reached out for her is a very good and normal reason. No, sorry. Uh, it's because she resembled Sheila, his, oh, very normal. his daughter that he had raped for years. And then murdered. Yes. <laughs> oh, makes sense. And, and impregnated twice. Oh, my God. So, so, again, very normal, good reasons to want to reach out to somebody. Mm-hmm. So, has this interview with Ann Jansen. Um, she asked him if he missed his family and felt remorse, which of which he said yes. Uh, she also asked him if he ever considered suicide, which uh, we had brought up. Because you would think he would want to, because that seems like the thing where yeah. you have control. We yes. talked about how much he loves control. Yes, and it's like, if he wants the death penalty, why didn't you just kill yourself after you committed the crimes? Yeah. Well, it turns out it's because he's... Um, he doesn't have any confidence in himself because he's a fucking loser i guess (laughs) he basically said he was worried he was gonna fuck it up and that he'd be incapacitated but still alive because he's a fuck up oh great so exactly what you did to miss butts like oh okay yeah so seems fair pretty much his logic is very sound so he's uh yeah and he even says he made a mistake using a 22 because it was too small which is why he shot his victims multiple times and also why some of them were able to survive Mm -hmm thing is which, which is weird because it said he had other guns at home and they were like shotguns and stuff yeah but maybe it just wasn't very portable i guess i think that's probably it it's, yeah. it's like how um why a 22 i mean for a mountain I man i don't know he yeah know <laughs> you would think he'd get something he should bigger. Know better <laughs> maybe it's just all he could afford or something or maybe it's all they had yeah i mean not to get too much into guns but like we there's a lot of, a lot of attention on like rifles and stuff mm-hmm. every time there's a mass shooting but yeah. like technically the ma- most of the murders that occur with guns or pistols because you can hide them. Mm, that makes You're sense. not going to just walk up on somebody with your rifle. They're going to see that coming most of the time. Uh, to some, ex- to some extent, especially if you're like going to murder somebody you know, which is usually how murders go. Typically. Such as these murders. He mm, knew basically all well. people. <laughs> so anyway, so then he was asked why he did the murders. Why did he commit these heinous crimes? And he gave a very... Very succinct answer. He says, I'm not going to comment on that. Period. <laughs> Very good. That's it. Okay. That's all he said. Okay. So he's he's just the worst in every way. And he he's, like he didn't want it he didn't talk to anybody else. He refused like visitors, council, clergy. He he refused everything, which I mean, there's I mean, what can you say? You know? So on for his first death sentence he was eating what he thought was his last meal, and then he learned the news of his stay of execution for the first death sentence. Great. That's cool. You still have a second one to make it through. Yeah, but I like that just because he was so adamant about getting yeah. it over so, as quickly as possible. Yeah. I, I would like to think that that was done intentionally just to be like, 
Just one little fuck you for a second. Thank you, fate. Yeah. And so, but not long after that, unfortunately, on May 31st, 1990, Governor Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton signed Gene's second execution warrant. And uh, his was the quickest sentence to death time in U.S. history. So he was sentenced the year before and died one year later. And that is incredibly quick because people spend their whole lives on death row without being put to death. Well, it's even... So it was like what a year and half ish, not even quite. Though. No, it was like Wasn't it was it? like right at a year. He so was just sentenced in May in March of the previous in year. March of the previous year, so it's a little over a year. Yeah, it was like a year and some change. Yeah, that, yeah. that is very quick. Yeah, so but some might say it's the quickest ever in in U.S. history. Yes, huh, how about that? And he was actually, he ended up being the first person to die by lethal injection in Arkansas. But before he did, his last meal was filet mignon, two raw onions, gross, tomato slices, a banana, six rolls, I think he liked bread, and a 7-Up. And so June 25th, 1990, so about a month after Governor Bill Clinton, uh, future president, by the way, go Arkansas, um, after June 25th, 1990 is when the execution took place and his last words were quote, justice delayed, finally be done is justifiable homicide. I just feel like everybody in there must've like rolled their eyes. They were like, what? Like, <laughs> okay. Do you think bag. that's deep dude? Yeah. What are you doing? You Okay. Just let's get on with the show. Like, like I, I, that's like the same, that's the same as, um. When he's like, I'm not going to comment on that or some shit. Yeah. Like, it's just another right, thing okay. to just be like, you're the worst. You're such the even worst. Even if you hadn't murdered anybody, what are you what saying? What are these words? It means nothing. You're it's, terrible. It's a way to say nothing and think you sound smart. Yes, exactly. So he died, uh, which is, you know what, kind of, we were talking about this, kind of pleases me because like they were saying, oh, the lethal injection is is a painless way to go. It's It's humane for those being put to death. Um, which, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like that's a debatable topic because what are you going to do? Like bring it back and be like, Hey, did, did that hurt? Or was that okay for you? So, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's hard to ask them. So get, uh, I guess we can get like a Ouija board. Uh, let's not, I don't, that's, find a, out. that's a whole different realm. Let's not we'll go there. We'll ask a psychic like, um, okay, yeah, let's Whoopi Goldberg and no, no, no. We'll ask that a, movie. Well, Miss Clue, call me now for a fee reading. Does she even do that anymore? Is I'm, that still a thing? Mm, Probably not. Mm, pretty sure not. Anyway, so he, um, was put to death on june 25th and they said he looked like he was in pain which gives me pleasure because good i i hope this hurts a little bit i mean maybe not like electric chair hurt but i hope it hurts a little bit man like you deserve a little bit yeah and part of me because of the way he wanted the death penalty so badly makes me kind of wish they would just said life without parole and just let him rot yeah because he wanted it so badly yeah yeah and also, maybe he would have given some more interviews or something. Maybe. We would know more information. I know. But also... Maybe but, not, though. You, I'm not upset either way. Yeah. Whether he's, he's sat in jail and rotted or is gone. A monster is gone from this earth. And I'm, I'm fine with it. The world is a better place. So, after his execution, nobody claimed his body. So, he was buried in a pauper's grave at the prison there. And there he remains. Nobody claiming him. Yeah. Yeah. Who would want to? And that's the story of Ronald Gene Simmons, uh, the largest uh, female annihilator, the most kills, which is 
really not something to, you want to write on your gravestone. I would rather have like, <laughs> she made people laugh and she was a good nurse and a good friend. <laughs> Didn't kill anybody at all. <laughs> oh, only farted in public once. <laughs> <laughs> Can't put that on mine. <laughs> gross i can't believe that would be something how could that possibly be true for anybody <laughs> this is this is the code so uh Alyssa taught me this whenever <laughs> i don't remember where she heard it from but whenever she farts in the store she says it's time to move on <laughs> which is <laughs> like pretty good yes yes that is so perfect it's time uh, to move on my andrew dad, andrew it's time to move on <laughs> my dad likes telling the story of the time that he uh farted at a grocery store <laughs> and Right as a woman was walking by, oh, no. he goes to my mom and says, your stomach feeling better yet? Oh, no. <laughs> that, was so that was, I mean, I've, uh, I've done it before it, it, with here at the house and <laughs> the dogs are around and just been like, Boston, Hercules. But I promise the farts from today were like, okay, I was definitely, gonna, I was no, gonna ask. no, the farts from today were definitely the dogs. Oh my God. They were terrible. We, we got most of our information from, um, we got some from Murderpedia, of course. Um, what is it? Oh, a really, the, the article that we got the most information was from an Arkansas magazine called AY Magazine. Um, and it was written by Janie Jones, which the article I was telling you about today, because AY Magazine's just got distributed today for March and they had an article in the back about the Arkansas State Crime Lab and some murder mysteries, and I can't wait to read it. But Janie Jones also wrote that one too. I oh. saw her, I saw her name, and I was like, "Oh, she wrote she wrote the other AY article." So, Janie Jones, whoever you are, let's talk <laughs> <laughs> because you write things that I enjoy. Um, Wikipedia, of course. Uh, we've got stuff from New York Times. Uh, we've got stuff from allthatisinteresting.com. Um, there was some information from ClarkProsecutor.org, but when we click the link, it's not what I had pulled up. But credit to them, because I did get some information from there. And then some stuff from the NY Daily News as well. So uh, good stuff. Great sources, to. Well, we got some, especially that. It, the name of Janie Jones' article was Murder Mystery Lamps the Slaughter, which is definitely definitely true it's a it's a must read also it's very informative very and it, it, it's it's so good but that is a story of ronald gene simmons and his just awfulness terribleness what else you got andrew so figure we need to to lighten the mood a little bit so we, i don't feel so dour we call this palate cleansers <laughs> I, I guess we do. I yes. guess we do now. Yes. It's official. It's, it's all, palate cleansers. It's, it's palate cleansing time. This all, is it, when we rinse our mouth of the awful. I mean, we, we like learning about this stuff. We enjoy it. But, I mean, it's, it can be super heavy, especially, like, doing research for next week's case is, is pretty heavy, man. It's pretty heavy. So, just know. It's, it hits kind of close to home. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's palate cleanse. All right. Okay. What do you got? You got anything to... Mm, to blather on about let's see peaks and pits peaks and pits too let's see peak of this week i got paid today <laughs> cool yay i get to pay bills now <laughs> um but at least you can oh i had the best roast beef sandwich from arby's 
That's it's, definitely it's, a pit. No, it's amazing. <laughs> it was a good day. Oh, also, I had onions and rice for dinner. What a dinner. <laughs> How sad is that? Um, but we were finally recorded our freaking episode. Was, for realsies this time. Yeah, I think it went pretty well. Yeah, it's probably good. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, so we have my famous segment mm-hmm. that we've done in every single episode mm-hmm. starting now. Okay. For all of our tens of listeners out there. Yay. This is, is that a real guy or, or not, a, not a guy? Oh, God. Okay. It's uh. <laughs> It's Andrew's, gonna be okay. professional wrestling. Names. Oh my god! Is, and we're gonna see. Of course, if this is Caitlin what you can guess. Is that a real wrestler that actually exists, or is it from a movie or a game, or did I just make the name up entirely? Okay, I'm, so, I'm ready. Real or fake? Okay. We're gonna start off with. Uh, let's go with Jungle Boy. Real. Jungle Boy is real. Good job. Cool. It's a good start. All right. Uh, Doctor Death. False. That's a real guy. Yeah. yeah. How That's about the name of a podcast? What? That's the name of a podcast. Oh. It's good too. We've got uh, Andy Spirals. Andy Spirals. Yes. Real. Andy Spirals is fake. Ah. Is he based? Is it based off another name or? It's uh based on real wrestler AJ Styles. Mm, yeah tricky <laughs> i just like it's just a stupid name andy spirals <laughs> i just love it about johnny spirit it's real johnny spirit is fake oh, what's it based off of i don't i looked uh, i think there's like a character in a cartoon mm, okay name that monster high maybe i i wouldn't know i looked it up just to make sure because it was a name i made up in my head oh okay to great. see if oh yeah cool we got captain insano uh real Captain Sano's fake, oh. but played by a real wrestler. But that's a tr- that's tricky. No, because he was in a movie. It was just a movie. He's like a bit part in uh, well, the Water Boy. He's still real. That still happens. It's not. Are you saying movies are real? Well, I mean the the people they're, that played them are. And I don't know. He's not, he doesn't go by Captain Sano as a wrestler. What does he go by? The Big Show or the Giant? Those are dumb names. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Wrestling. What do you dumb. think we're doing? <laughs> Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer, real. Like Paul Bear, yeah. Real. That's a real guy. Not a wrestler, but he's a manager for The Undertaker. Oh my god. And also <laughs> also he worked like for a funeral home for realsies. Oh, well, that I would I actually might like this wrestler. I normally hate the wrestlers <laughs> wrestling, but I might actually like to You talk might be to into him. The Undertaker and Paul Bearer. Maybe. I mean, that's pretty cool. How about You, you like Death too? Cool. <laughs> Sadly, he has passed on. Oh, which one? Both of them? Paul Bearer. Aww. He's He was kind of old. Aww. We got... R.I.P. Paul. <laughs> we've got Pentagon. I don't like that. You don't like Pentagon? I hope it's fake. Pentagon is real. I do like it. And he's it. awesome. I do like it. He's one of the Lucha Bros. Lucha, oh, Lucha Bros. Jesus. They're awesome. Glacier. I hope that's real. Glacier is real. Nice. He was a wrestler in the 90s. Who, uh, his gimmick was that he was basically a ripoff of Sub Zero from Mortal Kombat. Oh, I was hoping it'd be Mister Freeze from Batman. No, that's they, they had Mortal Kombat was big. It was like mid nineties. Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mister Freeze. Freeze. Exactly. Yay. How about Sid Justice? Sid Justice, fake. Sid Justice is real. I'm doing terrible. He also went by Psycho Sid. 
and Sid Vicious. Oh, okay. I've heard Sid Vicious. Well, you probably didn't hear this Sid Vicious. There's like a punk rocker Sid Vicious. Oh. But well, that's probably who you've heard. I've still heard it. <laughs> yeah. Just not the right one. And we got Tommy Bomber. I hope it's real. Tommy Bomber's fake. I made him up. What? I made that name up entirely. I'm doing so bad. You really are. About Dr. Nuke. I hope it's real. No. Oh, these are I good made, ones. I made, well, I didn't make Dr. Nuke up. That's from a video game, but mm. a wrestling video game. Okay. I forget. I forget what real wrestler he is based on, but it wasn't mm. anybody named Dr. Anything. Mm. So, uh, I don't think I did this one. Jimmy Havoc. Fake. Jimmy Havoc's a real guy. Yeah, I'm so bad. You really are. Okay. The good thing is nobody's keeping track of this. Did I win? Um, you finished it, and I'll just read off some more. We'll say the quiz is over, but uh, these are other names I considered giving you to guess, like Dr. Cruelty. Ooh. That's a fake guy. Hmm. And then the other real ones I had listed were just Johnny B. Bad okay. and The Wall. That's a person? That was a person. That's a terrible name. Yeah. And he was also terrible. <laughs> With a name like The, the Wall. Wall. I feel like uh, Donald Trump would really like him, though. What do you think? Yeah, they should bring him back. <laughs> Is he I, alive? I don't know. <laughs> he wasn't let's very bring, good. Let, let's uh, get into necromancy and we'll just bring him back from the dead. And be oh, like, sure. Here's your wall. Yeah. I, we can bring back Eddie Guerrero. You've uh, been leveling up your magicka on Skyrim. So how's your... I mean, That's false. You have it. Oh, that's right. You said you're. No, it's your enchanting. enchanting. You're enchanting. It's totally different. Oh my god, I'm so stupid. I my my sad person thing I'm doing is I'm trying to get the platinum trophy in Skyrim, which is really easy, but it's also very time consuming. Like yeah. the, none of the stuff on there is like difficult. It's just like get a hundred thousand gold. Well, if you just wait a while, you get it. <laughs> do do the missions. You'll okay. get them. Yeah, level up to level fifty. Yeah, like it. it's all stuff that isn't what, where are you at now hard. what level are you at like 48 or 49 so and i'm very close to that one have you been replaying when did you start replaying skyrim this, I don't know. this round two weeks uh, a few weeks i don't know it's like two or three weeks it's not been as long as it should be i agree <laughs> wow you've already 100 your what your enchanting and sneak wow and i think with uh some of the enchantments i have my light armor is considered to be at 100 wow so that's crazy you're insane, man. Yeah, my life's embarrassing. Meanwhile, I should be working on schoolwork because not only do I work 50 hours a week, but I also decided to torture myself and finally finish my my, my BSN, which is not fun. And I knew it wouldn't be. I just got to power through it. It's like eating vegetables. <laughs> but like the op- but like not? No. Because you love vegetables? I don't love all that. Just in general, you know. What vegetables do you not like? I don't like is well, mushrooms aren't really a vegetable necessarily. We'll count them culinarily. Okay, okay. mushrooms. I think like tomatoes are technically a you know, fruit, fruit, which I don't berries, like tomatoes either. But you don't. Mm-mm. Weird. Raw tomatoes. Like I like spaghetti sauce, okay. and I like like ketchup and all that. But yeah, I think I think in culinary circles you consider tomatoes a vegetable just because it doesn't taste like other fruits. You know, yeah. I think that's what they do. It's I don't a know. Fungi. My cooking experience is winging it on stuff from Pinterest or from when I worked at Chick-fil-A. Yay. And I was a barista. I love coffee. It's not, and that's what I make. Not not related <laughs> no, to No, I cook. I, I do. I cook. I just, 
when it's me living Fish by myself and cauliflower rice <laughs> no when it's me living by myself it's just easier to have you know a bowl of cheerios <laughs> you know like the dogs don't care they don't care what i eat yeah it's just like uh the dinner my grandpa has oh, all the time don't, what is it like cereal he'll uh, just have cereal for supper it's fortifying with lots of vitamins yeah i'm learning about that right now in community health nursing yay yeah sounds awesome it, it yeah. I, I take it no it's 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 about what i expected yeah yeah anyway so thank you guys for listening we hope you enjoyed it we'll be back hopefully next week with a new episode uh i don't know i, I guess we'll have to decide when we want to drop episodes we haven't really talked about it so we'll, we'll figure it out maybe once weekly on a day tbd yes in the meantime catch catch our updates we're on instagram at paint the town dead we are on twitter at pttd pod you can catch us on our gmail pttd pod at gmail.com we're on patreon we're on facebook paint the town dead pretty much any platform you can reach us at and we look forward to hearing from you if we mess something up email us let us know comment send us a message on any platform let us know what we did wrong well let us know what you'd like to hear more of let us know what you'd like to hear less of uh when we rate us five stars if you loved us if you didn't just, just don't rate just, keep keep it to yourself yeah keep it to yourself or just yell at us yeah just just send don't, us don't. a ranting email a <laughs> yeah. raging email don't, don't, don't put it out there don't put don't <laughs> no, punish us no need to review ignorant. it yeah so we will see you guys next week we hope you have a good week and uh at some point, we'll have a catchy catchphrase right here. Catchphrase. Insert catchphrase here. Exactly. Okay. Bye. Goodbye.